Hey guys, it's me, Lexi, and you're listening to the Yes Podcast, where we believe the way to abundant life is through our yes to a surrendered and obedient life to Jesus. Come join me on this journey of saying yes to pursuing messy, holy faith, our God-given dreams, and having honest, sometimes awkward conversations about marriage, motherhood, and personal growth. Whether you're folding laundry, sitting in traffic, or drinking coffee on your couch, I'm so, so glad you're here. Welcome back to the Yes Podcast. Today, I have my friend Rachel on, and we met on Instagram, so we were Instagram friends, and then we became uh, Hope Writer friends. We're both on Hope Hope Writers, and now I consider her also my real-life friend. So we went through, like, the dating stages, I feel like, in our um, friendship. (laughs) We've dated hard. We've We've dated, dated. I mean, it's been a whirlwind. It's been a whirlwind. Yes, but we're here and now you're on the podcast. And I just, that's something I love about social media. Sometimes you meet these people that you just click with. And Rachel, you're like, I was just telling you before we push record that the way you communicate with people is like, they're your best friend. And I'm sure everyone thinks of you as a friend that follows you on social media and that knows you online. Um, but it's one of your strengths. So before we get we dive into today's topic, I would love it if you could just share a little bit about yourself, uh, what you're up to, your family. Just give us a little bit about you. Yeah. So um, let's see. I'll I'll go in order. I am a writer, um, writer and communicator, and then a pastor's wife, um, and then a mama of two, and then a mama of dogs, and a lover of tacos, and a women's ministry director. Yes, love it <laughs> That's all. That's the order. That's it. Well, like, the, I don't know, the tacos might need to move up, but that, and a, and a lover of all things coffee. So there you have it. Yes. <laughs> that is, that is like me in a nutshell. Um, my husband, Kyle, and I, we do ministry in Northern Nevada, um, pretty close to, we're up in the Sierras or we're in the Valley at the base of the Sierras and, um, close to Tahoe, but I am a Southern California native and God has just kind of moved us around in our ministry. So we've gotten to live in Colorado and Utah and, um, here in Nevada doing ministry. And it's kind of just been a wild adventure. And as we've been adventuring, we had two babies and they're incredible. And, um, but I'm also, you know, a fur mom. So I'm, basically covered in dog hair always yes spit up in dog hair yeah poop spit up dog hair vomit and you never know whose it is it's like is it right. dog poop or human poop what happened this is why we do not have pets because we've only had fish and I've killed all of them we had a cat yeah that cat jumped out the window and did not make it. So oh. we have, we have not had a good run. So the fact that you have two dogs and you're raising children, I just applaud. I applaud you. You're doing well, great. thank you. Um, I actually have three dogs, but I always forget about the third one. <laughs> she's a little Shih Tzu and she, I kind of forget. I'm like, oh yeah, Pepper. Oh. Right. <laughs> you're like, yeah. oh, Pepper. So there's three yeah. dogs, two babies. Love that. Every time we're like on zoom together, I see your dogs and it's so funny. <laughs> Yeah, they're ridiculous. They're like, they want to be a part of our Hope Writers meeting every Thursday. They're yes. like, hey, um, what is a writer's circle? 
how do I like, what is a thumb? How do I hold a pen? And I'm like, get out of here, dogs. Like they, they're really, they're really, you know, it's, it's they're so rude funny. is what they are. They're rude. It's so funny. So yeah, you're a writer. And I think that's how we kind of originally connected was that we had both written um, devotionals and written different things. And so I would love for you to tell us about your deconstructed journal. This is so exciting to me to talk about this today because I, um, I just feel like as a church in general, even though it's 2021 and we should have you know, we have all this access to the Bible. I feel like there's such a deficiency in Bible literacy. And I don't think it's because we just don't want to know the Bible. I think it's because we don't know how to know the Bible. And so I yeah. love your heart for this topic. And I would love for you to share about your devotional and uh, what led you to write it and just give us kind of an overview of what it is. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. Um, this this book, little book guide. I don't know what, I don't know what we call it. I'm like, is it a guide? Is it a book? I don't know. It's a thing with paper and pages. It's both. Um, so when Kyle and I were doing ministry in Salt Lake city, we were kind of, we were serving a very specific group of individuals who had left the predominant church in Salt Lake city and were exploring biblical Christianity. Mm. Um, and so what, the, the theme of, um, and I know the word deconstructed is having a moment right now. And I was like, Whoa, that's interesting. It's ha- what, where did this come from? But when we were in Salt Lake city, what we are talking about is deconstructing, um, narratives and deconstructing, um, faith that wasn't biblical Christianity mm. and starting from a bedrock, just trying to find some sort of foundation because a lot of times when you leave a different faith and then you want to transition, you you're looking at biblical Christianity and maybe you want to go that route, but you have to unlearn, strip back and deconstruct basically everything, you know, about God, Jesus, the Bible, how to read the Bible. If you're even allowed to read the Bible, all of these things. Um, And so at the time I was our women's ministry director at our little church in Utah and um, our church was a campus. So we had, you know, the great thing about being a campus was we had the resources of all the campuses and one of the other pastor's wives at what we called then the main campus, or, you know, it was just one of our other campuses. She kind of cornered me in a coffee shop. And she's just one of those girls that she, if she asks you to do something, she's not taking no for an answer. She's not even really asking you. She's telling you, this is what you're going to do. And I respect that. I was like, you know what? I respect you. So I wanted to tell her no, because she kind of cornered me when I knew, um, my husband and I were transitioning out. We knew that campus was transitioning out and we knew that our future there wasn't a long future. And that was, that was very painful to us because we were so into the ministry there. And I didn't know if I even had a place and she just kind of cornered me. I was like, yeah, no, you're still doing this. I don't really care if you feel like you have a place or not. Um, you're a writer. I know you write. Um, she's like, you put words together, right? I was like, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, (laughs) like, I guess so. I guess we could call it that. So yeah. So, and normally during the summer, I travel with my kids. So she basically said, we're going to do a summer study. I was like, uh, well, I travel. She's like, uh, you're going to make it work. (laughs) And 
Um, so what we did was we started looking at different resources specifically targeted towards women. And one of our favorite, one that we really pulled, pulled from a lot was women of the word by Jen Wilkin, which if you haven't read that, yeah, that book just inspired me to think differently and to engage with the word differently. So we used some of those resources and we used, um, soul scripts, a lot of soul script Ooh. resources, like the Bible journaling. And I had never Bible journaled. Um, and the people that make like the Bible journaling beautiful, I don't, I don't make beauty happen in that way. Like I write, but yeah, I'm not, um, I have no talent for that, but I found it deeply artistic and inspirational. Like these women were resting on scripture and deriving art from it. And I just, I thought that was really inspiring. And so what we did was that summer, we took a book of the Bible and we went with Esther because it's nine chapters and we had nine weeks or hmm. something like that. I think we were just like, we didn't know what we were doing. We we're starting. We, I had never written a guide before. We were like, oh, okay, we'll just figure this out. So my background's in journalism and I brought to the table looking at scripture critically from a journalism background. And I used some resources from, oh my gosh, why is my head Lee Strobel? I was like, why can't I think of Lee Strobel's name? Um, A Case for Christ. And just kind of looking at these resources where it's like, how can we look at scripture in a really, um, where we're not reading it as passive consumers, yeah, but we're engaging with it. We're engaging with what is being said and we're evaluating it and trying to dig deeper, um, almost investigating what is being written. And so we took a bunch of women and we sat around a coffee table at one of my friend's houses and we started deconstructing the book of Esther. Wow. And just going script, like line by line, tearing it apart and defining terms. I, I, one of my favorite moments was we had a college girl in the group and she, she didn't know what the word eunuch meant. So she's oh, glossed no. <laughs> over that word many times. And so since we were in that section and we were defining terms, we were highlighting every word that we didn't understand or didn't know. And she's like, yeah, I've heard this. What is this word eunuch? What does this mean even? And I was like, oh, friend, <laughs> go look it up. And so she went and Google looked it up Google. And next week. <laughs> she was like, oh my gosh. You know, and so, those types of little things where all of a sudden the word was so alive to her because she was engaging with it in a way she'd never engaged with it before. And it became real. Um, whereas before it was just story like, Oh, that's just a story. Um, and so that was the heart of deconstructed. So, um, after my friend continued encouraging me, we took those tools that we learned and we, and we pared them down into a Bible study guide so that if you pick up, you know, you open your Bible and your whatever book it is that you're going to study, whether you're in the gospels or you're in the old Testament, you're looking at the Bible critically and you're going line by line, highlighting terms, really engaging with it actively rather than consuming it passively. So that was, that's kind of my big heart behind it. Um, and then I have a lot of hows, like how we can do that, but that was the why, why I wanted, um, I wanted to build the guide and why I kept it so small and consumable because we, you know, my husband has a seminary degree and he went to graduate school and, you know, he, I remember I, I asked him for help one day. I was like, I need help doing this because I want to make the Bible 
so accessible for women who are time starved. And mm. he hands me this textbook that was like, uh, thanks for the help. Like, this is why the world needs deconstructed because no, I don't know very, I know few women who are in this stage of life, you know, who are in the throes of momming and um, who have time to read this thousand page book Absolutely. with the words. Like, I don't, I'm like, no, we can't, we don't have time for this. How can we make it accessible for the time starved woman? Mm. So that was, that's what we did. That is so awesome. I mean, truly, I can't think of like a better gift to someone, just to anyone, because we, you know, I mean, I have been that person up until recently, like it was in the last couple of years in the last year and a half was when I truly began to like read the word for myself and in the right context, in the right way. Before that, I had no idea what I was doing. And looking back, I can see how I was, you know, kind of just picking out a verse or a passage and reading it and just strictly applying whatever I thought it meant. But truly, I was missing out on such a bigger story and learning, but it, it takes that work. It takes work to learn yeah. how to approach the Bible and to read and study the Bible, but it's overwhelming right. if you don't know where to start. So the fact that you have put together a book for the woman who it's like, I need the word of God, but I don't know how to do it. Like what a gift that you have created for, Aww. for anyone. I mean, truly like that is such a beautiful thing. Um, you know, I'm thinking about, <laughs> thinking about the, specifically the women at home right now, raising little girls, like you were or raising little girls and boys, like you were saying the the, um, the time, time is just not on their side. We don't have time to like go to seminary, for example, right? <laughs> we right. don't have time to study these like theology classes and all this stuff. And I can't help but think that like the Lord knew not everybody was going to go to seminary. Not everybody right. has to right. dedicate four or seven years of their life to learning scripture. And so it must mean that it's for everybody. Like we're, we're allowed to learn and we're supposed to learn how to approach the word. So I love that you've done that, like such a gift and such a service to people that you've put in the work to do that. Um, I'm wondering if like, if you could share, I don't, I mean, I don't want you to you know give away the whole guide or anything like that. You can share what you want. Well, I am going to give away the whole guide. In fact, just want you to know that at least I want at least two of the people that listened to the podcast today to message you or find me on Instagram and send me a message. I'm so not into like gimmicky giveaways, but if you message oh. me, I have two copies to give away. So oh, and just, my they need to have to, they'll have to say, I listened to the yes podcast okay. and I will yeah. I will mail two copies out to the first two, whomever. That is, this is what I'm talking about. (laughs) You're just one of those people that your heart, you such a cool heart, such a genuine like service heart. Um, so yeah, if you're listening to this today and you're thinking that's me, oh my gosh, I want to study the word of God and I just don't know how DM me and I will let Rachel know. So thank you for that. That is so sweet. Oh my goodness. Uh, What a wonderful surprise. So I'm wondering if you could share with us a little bit like, okay, so today there's someone at, you know, wherever they are in life, whether they're raising kids or they're just, um, maybe they're even in a totally different season of life. The kids are gone and 
whatever's happening, they want to get into the word today. What are some practical things that they could do starting today just to kind of demystify this, like, I, you know, kind of big, scary book. They don't know how to read. What would you suggest? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting because I literally just had this conversation with my mom yesterday. Um, and we were, because you do, you go through different seasons and she's in a completely different season right now. And she, but she is just as busy. She's just as busy in a different season. And so she was telling me, I realized like I'm having a hard time. And, um, so, and she's, she's really fighting for her, um, physical strength. She's trying to get, she's like, I try to get up in the morning and stretch for five to 10 minutes. Like she's trying to build in some healthy routines. Mm. And I said, you know, you could mom, when you're doing your stretching, you can listen to the Bible on the Bible app, or you can listen to Devo on your Bible app, or she reads truth or, um, the abide app. Like it's amazing how many resources there are. And if you're finding that, you know, that whole concept of your hands are full, like two babies on your hips or the dishes in your hands or, you know, what folding laundry. So recently I, I was like, I want to go back through the Bible in a year. Um, and this time I want to do it chronologically. So I just, I downloaded my favorite version onto the Bible app and I, we call, we call this version in our house, Mr. NIV guy, my Uh son son was like, Oh, you got Mr. NIV guy on. And, um, so I play it and I don't even play it in my AirPods. I just play it. And it's so interesting because sometimes my kids will come sit with me. Like the other day I was listening to it in the morning in my bed, drinking my coffee. And my daughter jumped into the bed, curled up next to me. And she's like, oh, it's Mr. NIV guy. I want to hear the rest of this story. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> love it. What killed me was I was listening to the story of Job. And she was like, in. <laughs> You're like, maybe let me just fast forward a little bit real quick. <laughs> I'm like, this is it. She's like, wow. She's six. Wow. Wow. <laughs> but, you know, like just you know, we have these blocks like, Oh, I don't have the time. Well, you do have the time you do you where, and where is it? Is it in the bathroom when you're putting your makeup on and you can, um, log, you know, go to YouTube and listen to a sermon. Like we have time to engage with the word, but if it's the actual, if you are trying to check off a box and go, Oh gosh, you know, I haven't actually spent time growing in my faith in the word if we say, I don't have the time, it's, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm. I don't have the time. I don't have the time. Well, if you wake up, set your alarm five minutes earlier and you spend just those five minutes before you even get out of bed, like a friend of mine in our small group last week, he said, I've been watching, or I've been reading my Bible every single day for two years. And he goes, yeah, some mornings I read it really blurry eyed, but I read it on my Bible app before I even roll out of bed. It's the first thing I grab in the morning. Wow. wow. And he's got two little kids, like two, you know, one's three and one's one and a half and he's mm-hmm. committed to it. Um, and so I think it is that time factor of just breathing out whatever guilt or, you know, cause I don't know where that even comes from, but sometimes we just, we hold on to this and maybe that's a woman thing it's like, I haven't spent enough time in the word and now I feel guilty. Oh, and now I feel guilty. So I'm not going to do it. Yes. Yeah. Like it becomes totally. this weird cycle. Like, yes. so then it, then you almost build up and you can't seem to get back into the word. 
yeah. it's the weirdest thing. Or if it doesn't look a certain way, then it's like, well, I might as well not do it until I could have a full hour and I can have the right pen and I can have peace and quiet. Right. And yeah, if we're, if we're waiting for the right time, you're right. It's not going to happen, but there, there is the time. I love what you said about setting your alarm just a few minutes early. Like that's, yeah, that's brilliant. Like that's, it just, it might not look exactly how you would hope it would, but it still is leaning into the word of God. And that's the whole point. Yeah. I think that, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, we can do this, but we do have to kind of get out of our own way. Mm -hmm. And if you're wanting to read from a, you know, if you're wanting to read critically, you know, and if that's the desire and, um, and you're feeling time starved, okay, that might be relevant because critical it's like studying versus reading for pleasure. Right. Mm. So when we read for pleasure, you can just kind of sit like, I know sometimes if I'm reading a book that's um, fiction, like I'll do the dishes and then I'll reward myself with a chapter. I'll do the dishes, I'll do fold the laundry and then I'll reward yeah. myself with another chapter mm-hmm. because it doesn't require me to be fully mentally engaged. But if you are wanting to read your Bible and be fully mentally engaged, another thing that I find helps is to put your Bible out in one of your most used spaces. Mm. So, um, if it's, you know, if you find that you do a lot of life around your dining room table, put your Bible out on your dining room table and open it to the book that you're wanting to study. Leave it open. Don't close it when you're done studying, unless you, you know, if it's your dining room That's table, and tidy up for dinner, tidy up for dinner, but then go get your Bible and open it back up. And so that it is, it's like calling to you accessible all day long. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, it's not hidden away in your desk or, you know, you know, it's not on your nightstand where you're, and you're hoping like through some form of osmosis, you're going to learn by like, if I set it on my chest, they'll learn. No, like put it in a place of prominence where you are in your home constantly. Um, I know for a season when my husband and I lived back in SoCal, we lived in this little apartment and I kept my art dining space was basically in the kitchen. And I was going, uh, through the old Testament during that time. And I just, kept my Bible open the whole time. And so any, anytime I had a little, like just a, a nugget of time, I'd go sit and read the next verse. If I didn't understand a word, I'd highlight that word. And then I'd go look it up and I'd, I'd allow that verse to kind of just hang out with me that whole day or forever, you know, whatever, however long that was and yes. contemplate it. Um, And then, you know, if, if I had a question, then I could go look and see, you know, go dig into a concordance or do some, I like, I like Googling, go online (laughs) and look at some cross references and things like that. So I could learn about what was being written, but if my Bible's hidden away, I'm not going to open it. Yeah. And I really like what you're saying about that. Cause it's more of like an ongoing thing. It's like, it's out there. You can you can go to it. You can read a little bit. You can yeah, highlight or write something down and then you can go do what you were doing. And next time you're in that space, you read more. It's more of like a, it's more like fluid. It's more like, okay, this is kind of an ongoing thing because sometimes we don't uh, have the luxury of multiple, you know, like a long period of time of sitting. Yeah. Sitting. Like the, the hour long lie, right? Like, yes. Oh, it's such a yeah. lie. Like, Oh, I woke up in the morning. I spend an hour with God. And you know what I do? I, I'm not going to say it's a lie. I do have friends who, um, they do that. They wake up. Like I have a friend, uh, in my small group who he wakes up, he, he blows me away. He wakes up at like five in the morning 
gets up, goes and sits in this chair in his living room as the sun is rising and spends an hour with God. Wow. But he is up at 5 a.m. And I, you know what? I'm yeah. just not to that place. I'm, I'm not like, there. I'm, I'm not, not there. there. <laughs> I'm not there. I'm good to nobody at 5 a.m. Not only right. that, but in the season of life that I'm in with our daughter, if I, when I wake up and open my eyes at 5 a.m., mm. it's like she, she is across the hall. Yes. And she knows. Yes. She like smells it. She's like, mom's eyes are open. I better get over there. Yeah, like she knows. I, oh my gosh. I'll try to sneak out. Like sometimes I'll wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm up a little early. I should go like get my journal and get, grab my Bible. And I will sneak into the living room and they are in there within five seconds. I don't know how that it means- happens. So it's just, you know, and there's grace. <laughs> it's not, it's just not <laughs> the time for that. So I love this type of advice. Cause that's very, what you're saying is very doable. I've never considered that before. And I'm going to start doing that because I, I struggle with finding the margin sometimes, but this yes. is such a good way to do that to where you're reminded because it's there. You're putting it in places that you're, you're living, you know, throughout your right. day. I love that. Right. In Deconstructed is how is it set up? Is it um, like, what is the layout that people will get when they open that book? Yeah. So I intentionally kept the guide under a hundred pages because I wanted it to be something that you could throw in your purse or throw in your Bible bag, like whatever you carry. And it's not, um, you know, it's not a massive book that you feel like, Oh, now I have another overwhelming book to carry around. And my Mm -hmm. bag was already really, really heavy. Um, I just barely graduated out of the diaper bag stage (laughs) and I'm still in the like super huge mom bag stage. But, you know, those, we, the things that we carry around in our lives are literally heavy. Like, yes, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not metaphorically heavy. No, it's literally heavy. And so <laughs> I wanted this to be small and for, for anyone to feel like, okay, paired with my Bible app mm. and this tiny little book, get some serious good study time in. Um, so I kept it really, really small and I broke it out and I'll, I'll just kind of go through the table of contents for you. And if there's something that you want to talk more about, I'll, I'll talk yes, you through. I but, love that. So I break it out into what eight sections. The first one, start with the basics and it's really like stripping down. What is, you know, what is the base? What are the basics of the Bible? Where did it come from? How did we get the Bible? And then I build on that to what is the Bible? How many books are in the Bible? What is the canon? What does this mean? What is, you know, our text, that type of thing. Um, and then breaking down different styles of literature. And this was Mm -hmm. something that I learned from, again, women of the word where, I mean, and I had already understood different styles of literature, literature, but really applying that understanding to our biblical literacy and going, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, what style of literacy, literacy or literature is this written in? Um, is this metaphorical? Is this poetic? You know, am I trying to make something literal out of something that's meant to be poetry? Wow. Uh, because yeah. we do that. And that's super dangerous. Um, that's, you know, where so we proverb, start, that's where we start misquoting and applying scripture in a way that it was never meant to be applied or, you know, we start misquoting and that's so good that that's in there. Cause it's not, we don't talk about that a lot. We just, uh, we just are so quick to apply things. So I think understanding like what you're saying, understanding what, how we're supposed to be reading something is so fundamentally important. So that's, it really is like, I 
still remember when <laughs> my husband, he corrects me. So he would get all wound up about, you know, the Jeremiah 29, 11 bumper stickers and people being like, my, my life verse is Jeremiah 29, 11. And he would be like, not for you. And when he, and he was so snarky about him, like, what are you talking about? Why are you all wound up about people using Jeremiah 29, 11? It's a lovely scripture. He's like, yeah, it's a promise. That's not for them though. And they're applying it to their lives. And it's dangerous when we do that. And, you know, of course he sees things from such a different perspective because he did not grow up in the church. He grew up an atheist and came to faith Mm. in his twenties, but those fresh eyes really helped me see, wow. Okay. There, there are all these people, you know, and that's how we get all these false gospels. And we run into the prosperity gospel and things get really, really wonky because we're taking biblical morphing it to work with how we want it to apply to our own lives yeah instead of applying our lives to what god says about us and about humanity and what you know we we like to make the bible say what we want it to say and it gets a little scary when we do that so oh man don't we we love that yeah (laughs) i mean (laughs) oh yeah no for real i mean we and you know i think even the most well-read and we all do it we you know and it's Sometimes it is a simple mistake or an error, but other times it, you know, it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. Um, So really understanding context is super important. Um, And then, yeah, so just beyond that, I go kind of, I give the reader some tips for my journalism profession, professors, some memorization tips, um, kind of breaking down some Christian, I don't even know the right way to say it, but Christian vernacular, some of the things mm-hmm. that Christians say, where we say these, these terms. And if you're not a believer, or you're new believer, you're kind of left scratching your head. Like, what are we talking about? Yes. And, <laughs> oh and man, there's so many. I really just love our link. It's so confusing where you're like, I'm sorry, can someone please explain to me, you know, oh, am I sanctified? What uh, did I, you know, like, <laughs> just, can we make clear the terms? Can we really make things simple for people? Mm. Um, And then the last section, because I'm really into small groups, I think small groups is kind of where it's at. I have a section, and because this guide was birthed out of the small group, um, the last whole section is dedicated to small groups and how to lead a small group without overthinking it. I've met so many women, actually men and women who they, they're not, they don't feel confident to lead a group or to even host a group because they feel like they need to know everything. Right. And that's just not true. That is Mm -hmm. just not true. And so, and we kind of overthink, uh, leadership, you know, we think, Oh, you know, if I don't know the answers, I better not, you know, better not even participate here. And it's, I think there's a lot of wisdom in being a humble leader and saying, Oh, I don't know the answer, but let's go explore that together. Mm-hmm. and be curious and find the answer rather than, um, you know, oh, let me just make up the answer. Cause then again, that gets a little, little yeah. dangerous. Yeah. This is, it's such a great, like what a cool discipleship tool for yourself, but then also to expand to like, yeah, a small group. Like this is how I think this is what we should be doing, right? Like we should be gathering together and reading and discovering the Bible. And I love that you're inviting people to ask questions about the Bible and to 
and to learn not just at face value, but to say, okay, what does this mean? What does this word mean? What do you think? Who do you think these people are talking to? What are they talking about? When was this written? Who wrote it? Like there's so many, um, there's so much cool stuff in the Bible. If we could right. just learn, learn how to read it. And so I am so excited um, for people to grab this book because I just, I just know, especially, I don't know. I love how earlier you said deconstructed is kind of like a hot term right now <laughs> because it is. Yeah. Um, there are a lot, right. of, there are a lot of people deconstructing their faith and um, right. there are, I mean, it's just kind of, um, yeah, it's a, it's a huge thing right now. And so I think when we can do it in a way where we're not alone and that there's something like this guy that helps come alongside us and said, okay, instead of just assuming, instead of being confused and raising questions that you don't know how to find answers to, let's work through this and here's how. And right, right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's such a gift. So I, um, I'm excited for this book to continue to be out there and getting into people's hands that need it. I'm really excited for the two people that are going to be DMing me to get their free book. Um, so I, this is something, so thank you for sharing that. I know that last question, I didn't tell you we were to, I was going to ask, oh, that, no, but I just, welcome. I just know that there's so much gold inside this guide. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, so something I ask every podcast guest is what are they saying yes to right now in life? So I would love for you to share um, what you feel like God is inviting you to say yes to, and it can be as um, serious or not as you, as you want. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm saying yes to vegetarian tacos. First Ooh. Of all. And, and Ooh. um, that's like high on the list. Yeah. Um, and if you <laughs> haven't had a sweet potato taco, oh, I the best. <laughs> mm, yes, that is, that is happening in my life right now. Okay. So that's the funny one. Um, <laughs> And then, you know, what? something that I think that, um, I'm saying yes to and having to constantly say yes to is my own work. Mm. Um, so, you know, and I know you and I know each other from hope writers and from all these from, because we're both writers and, um, it's interesting because sometimes in that type of craft, it gets very discouraging and it is very lonely work. Yeah. A lot of times you have to spend a lot of time, uh, with your favorite colleague yourself <laughs> um, and that can be like, it's, you know, it can be discouraging when you don't have, um, like a troop of cheerleaders right there next to you, like get that next, you know, write that next chapter. It's gold. Yes. And, um, I do have a really positive community surrounding me of other women in ministry and of a writing coach and hope writers. And, you know, to your point earlier, how beautiful Instagram and social media can be, because I found and met people who are cheering me on, um, that are complete strangers and how right. awesome is that? Mm-hmm. But ultimately, if I don't say yes to my own work, my next study guide doesn't get released. Um, my full length book goes nowhere. So true. And so carving out space to be disciplined, to tell other people, you know, my mom, she's a writer as well. And she'll be like, just tell people you have an appointment. 
Like if they're some what your ask you what your appointment is, like say it's an appointment with myself. I have a deadline. I have X so amount of words I have to write this day. That's my appointment and I can't mm-hmm. shift it. Um, and once we establish those boundaries and we say yes to in that way to get our deep work done, um, one, people start to respect the boundaries that perhaps didn't respect them before. And two, we feel more accomplished. So I've been just really committed lately to saying yes to myself in that way. Awesome. Great advice. And I'm so, I'm so glad you're saying yes to that because we need your words and you write such beautiful words. Um, okay. Well, Rachel, thank you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I, just appreciate you so much. I appreciate your, you are one of those cheerleaders for me. So I know that even just through this podcast and all the things yet to come in your writing, you're going to bless and lead so many women. And I just am so thankful for you saying yes to the gifts that God has given you and you're stewarding them so well. So thank you for being on this podcast. (laughs) Thank you for, uh, Thank you for giving your kids some snacks and spending some time with me. <laughs> I just really appreciate it. <laughs> so but, many um, snacks. So <laughs> many snacks. <laughs> and I'm sure I'll have you on here again and we'll be able to chat again another time. But thank you. It was so good to talk to you. Hey friend, if you enjoyed today's podcast episode, would you take a quick second and screenshot this episode and share it on your social media account? It would mean so much to me and help me get this little podcast baby out to the world. Make sure to tag me so I can personally thank you for sharing. You can find me hanging out on Instagram at Lexi Norell, that's one R, double L, and at Lexi Norell on Facebook. Excited to see you over here again for the next episode. And in the meantime, come hang out with me on the gram.